Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, the premier podcast exploring the intersection between live music and health and wellness with your experts, Dr. Leah Taylor and Tara Lee Weathers. In this podcast, you will learn how live music positively affects well-being through a combination of scientific research and personal experience from your hosts, favorite musicians, industry professionals, and fans like you. Also included are strategies to incorporate the benefits of live music into your everyday life. I'm Leah. And I'm Tara Lee. And we are so excited to welcome you here for season three and our 50th episode, which is actually really 51 (laughs) because we did do a pilot. But this is titled Episode 50. Yes, so the here official we 50th episode. <laughs> yes. And for this official 50th episode, we have a very special guest. But first, Tara Lee is going to lead you through some breathing so that we can all feel our excitement, but also get grounded so that you can gain the most benefit out of this podcast episode. Yes. So if it is available to you, put your hands on your heart and close your eyes. But if you're driving, please keep your eyes open, but you can still do this exercise and take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale out your mouth. A deep breath in through your nose and exhale out your mouth and a deep breath in through your nose and exhale out your mouth. And may this episode inspire and change your life and have you looking at live music and the way it impacts your life even more. And so it is. And so it is. Yes, for this episode, we have a very special guest who is Annabelle Lukens. She wears so many different hats with Cloud9 Adventures, who she's been with since 2003. So she's been a director, marketing, artist relations. I'm not 100% sure what her exact title is right now, but you can find her. It's like creating- Superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Helping to create all this amazingness. And as Annabelle will tell you, her purpose in life is to spread love and joy on this planet. And she absolutely does that. So in addition to working for Cloud Cloud Nine Adventures on things like Jam Cruise and Strings and Souls and all of these super cool destination events, she also helps to put on Bonnaroo and has had, she's done every Bonnaroo except for one since the beginning of it. So Annabelle was like, one of the first people that came to mind when actually, I think she was the only one that we reached out to. <laughs> yeah, be. she was our 50th episode guest because she just like encapsulates so much of the live music vibe. And because not only does she work behind the scenes, but you can also find her like rocking out in the most blissful and joyful way in the crowd. And so I love that she holds both sides of that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, she's like one of the biggest supporters of live music in all of the ways. So it totally makes sense that for our 50th episode and what we talk about on this show, that she would be the most perfect guest. And she totally was. She totally was. Oh, my gosh. This episode was such a journey. Yeah, it was definitely like I felt so much as we we laughed, we cried, we like we felt every emotion. And I know that you as listeners are going to also experience that same thing. Yeah. And the craziest thing is how we started this episode, like in a way that I would have never expected. Yeah. And so relatable. And I have a feeling you're all going to relate to, but it was like definitely the last thing that I thought that she would say. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, which is always so cool when you like, you know, when you may have some kind of roadmap, but then like all of a sudden this magic comes out of that that was totally unexpected and it's exactly what needed to be talked about. So I can't wait for you to hear that. Yeah, me too. You're all in for a treat. Yes. Well, let's go ahead and get to the episode. But before we do that, let's go ahead and tell everybody that we are a part of Osiris Media. And you can find many, many more inspiring music and arts podcasts at OsirisPod.com. And we will be right back with Annabelle. All right. And we are back here with Annabelle. Annabelle, we are so excited to have you here for our 50th episode. Thank you so much for being here. Congratulations, ladies. It's so fun. Yeah, thank you. It has Um, been a lot of fun. Good. (laughs) Yeah, I love getting to talk to so many people about this subject because it's not that often that we can talk about health and wellness and how music really has like impacted our lives. Um, Often, I don't know, I just feel like that's not a common conversation to be talked about, especially on podcasts. So it's been so enlightening for me to hear everybody and how how different it is of an experience for everybody, but then also the same in a lot of different ways. Yes. Like our love language. Yes. So Annabelle, I reached out to you for to be a guest on this podcast after I read a couple of your posts. I mean, I I follow you and you just have like the best energy and, you know, you do so much for the jam band scene. And I I did my first jam cruise 2020. I wanted to go from the very beginning, although I will say I had moved to Colorado, which I know is where you live now. So I had just moved to Colorado when Bonnaroo was announced and I'm from the East coast. And so Bonnaroo was announced and I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to be there. And so I drove me and my friend drove all the way from Colorado to Bonnaroo, Tennessee for the first one. And we had the most amazing time. Although I will say we did a very, not such a good thing. We, we stayed up both of us the whole time. So when we got there, we were super exhausted. I know. But uh, you drove from Colorado. We you wanted drove. to get there. I know. We were super okay. excited. <laughs> we're like, yay, we're going, we're going. But then we landed. And then, of course, like Tennessee summer, you know, yeah. the sun at 11 in the tent is like, there's no sleeping in. <laughs> so, number one mistake anybody who is doing that, make sure that you take turns sleeping so that you can start off with some rest. But then, after Bonnaroo, then Jam Cruise was announced. And I was like, oh my God, I want to do that too. But I couldn't travel back to the East Coast. So it took me until 2020 to get on the boat. But thank goodness I did it then because I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? now? The world shut down two months later. We were like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We, We were sure got that in at the last minute. So, but good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah all that energy you want to go here and you want to go here and you want to go here and then when do you not go right I mean that's part of it because I had a moment everyone was like how could you not go to see you love Les Claypool you love him how could you not go to Red Rocks to see South Park Mm -hmm. and then Getty Lee said it last night you know and it was like everybody just had the best time and I chose not to go. And and it's a weird feeling because we all know what FOMO is, but something that I have 
you know, just in the sense of how Tara Lee was trying to accept my compliment Mm -hmm. is Jomo. So Jomo is the joy of missing out. Mm -hmm. One of my least favorite words that people use is I'm jealous. Mm -hmm. And jealousy is just such a negative for you. It's a negative feeling. If you say you're jealous of me, all that does is that creates a pain inside of you you know, a yearning and a wanting of something that you don't have and that you're not satisfied with where you are. And we all feel that. But, you know, so that's why I love the expression Jomo, which is the joy of missing out. So anybody who was there who said they had the I mean, even less, I sent less a text today because he said he had one of the best nights of his entire life. Wow. And that's a bold statement. And I, you know, when I could get into my head, which I've done for years and years until I started to apply spirituality to my life of, oh, why didn't I go? You're such an idiot. You should have been there. Mm-hmm. You missed, you missed it. Mm-hmm. You missed it. And it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's, and that's just, but being, content with the fact that it doesn't matter and knowing that I have a great life and it was my choice is part of the journey. So the fact that you, and you know what, I'll go to the next show. Mm-hmm. Maybe again, just like you said that you couldn't come back for jam cruise that year. You know, you've just gone to Bonnaroo. Those are big events to try to get to. Yeah. It's not like, you know, someone's playing in our backyard. I mean, it <laughs> takes a lot of effort. And so the reason that I didn't go it's just Red Rocks. I went to like 10 shows in a month and I just got super burned out. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Billy String String Cheese show because I'm like, how could I miss Billy? Billy's my buddy. I love string cheese. I'd gone, you know, on Friday night. How could I miss it? How could I miss it? And I had a moment during Shakedown Street, which was the set closer for the second set that did this whole dead set. And it was amazing, amazing. And I just said to myself, I'm so tired, you know? I'm so tired. And there might even be a time where there's too much music <laughs> in our lives. We, like, we want it so badly and it feels so good. But taking a step back and trying to figure out where the balance is in your life is only going to make us appreciate music even more. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just be healthier. Mm-hmm. Because there's no reason I should be going to an amazing concert when I'm tired. Some That's some sort of red flag. So I put myself in the corner. Time out mm-hmm. for Red Rocks. My daughter's at Sleepway Camp, and I ran up to the mountains for the week with my dog um, just to regroup. And then my friend's like, are you coming to Goose next week? And I'm like, how can I go Goose? <laughs> go to play Red Rocks. Goose is so awesome, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to go to Goose. <laughs> yeah. Keeping myself in the timeout. Mm-hmm. And I know it'll be another beautiful moment in time. So I asked my friend, if we could see each other outside of Red Rocks. And of course, you know, so half of the reason I go, we go on fish tour isn't for Sigma Oasis. It's to mm-hmm. see our family. Mm-hmm. It's my time that my friends from all over the country, we all come together and it's just so wonderful. That's, that's like our going home, you know, it's like a holiday for us. And so going on tour achieves that goal, but you know, I can see my friend outside of there and then I'll go back for green sky. So I'm not going to miss green sky, but I'm going to go on a two month timeout. But you know, let's be honest. Don't don't let me get you wrong and think that I'm not. I'm going to Sacred Rose in two weeks because that lineup is amazing. And so I'm excited to do that. But Red Rocks is is a lot. You know, there's so much energy that comes out of that venue spiritually, independently of the music. Mm-hmm. And it's also such social overload, which is so great for me. 
but just because I immerse myself in the jam band scene so much, it's draining. Mm-hmm. I give, 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 and I love that I can connect with as many people as possible. That's one of my purposes. Okay. So like, I'm so glad that I have gotten the gift of spreading love and, and spreading joy. That's wonderful. You know, thank God, but it's exhausting. So I'm taking time to myself right now and I'm sitting outside at this this beautiful cloudy afternoon talking to two lovely ladies. (sighs) Yeah. It really, it seems like, because I'm also very social like that, and you know everybody. So I'm sure every time you go to every show, everybody wants to talk to you and connect with you. And so it's so important to have this time that you're taking to be able to connect with yourself and rejuvenate. I have found, especially during the pandemic, when there wasn't that much going on, and I was by myself or with my, like, it was just me and my um, husband, and I traveled this winter by myself a lot. And it was like, wow, I'm actually way more of an introvert than I ever thought that I get so much energy from people, but yeah. also it it takes so much energy when I'm around people and I really need to be alone to like get that. It sounds like that's what you need to and what you're doing. Yeah, I figured that out. Definitely the pandemic. Everyone's like, oh my God, you didn't work for 15 months. You must have gone crazy. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of awesome things while I wasn't working. I did not go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, that it's it's the balance, right? Yeah, it's the balance. So how can we nurture ourselves? Because it's the music and the the self care, right? Is 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 the music is so important to us, and it feeds us. And it's not even the person that's next to us. It's it's what the music does for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also balancing it with self-care, getting out in nature, mm-hmm. traveling by yourself. Big fan of that. I just came back from Bali. I was in Bali for 10 days and everyone's like, how could you travel by yourself? You know, what about your husband? How about <laughs> other friends? Weren't you scared? Weren't you lonely? But like, <laughs> no, a female trend. It's a Eat, pray, love is like legit in Bali. Like they're all there. So I dined with this amazing young woman for a four hour dinner and we just fell in love. And it was so funny because I was like, this is eat, pray, love. All these women are traveling by themselves because, you know, as women, and I'm not sure the guests that you've had on this podcast, have there been um, a mix between men and women? Yeah, there have been. But it's good for sure. Different perspectives. Yeah. I just know as a woman, especially because I've been in the music business and in the scene for so long, I really have had to learn how to develop my own identity because otherwise, you know, we just get put in a box as women and, you know, lots of stuff have happened over the years, but it takes those solo journeys as you were talking about, Tara Lee and me too, and those solo moments to be, um, you know, reminded of, of who we are. And one other thing that you said before we got it rolling is that acceptance, right? Like when I told you, you looked beautiful and it's like so amazing. It's just, I'm so aware. I guess that's just one of my strengths is awareness and just telling you how pretty you look. And it's like not enough people tell each other how pretty they look. You know, they'll think it in their head and they'll say, wow, that dress is really pretty, but it's like. And, you know, sometimes I wear extra pretty dresses just so people will come out of their fucking shelves and they can tell me that they want my dress. And I'm like, good for you. I do notice, though, that in live music, I mean, at least in my personal experience, there are more people who will compliment us. And that's been 
I have so much to say about everything that you said, Annabelle. Like, first of all, I just want to really appreciate you bringing up the balance of live music. I think that you of anybody, because we actually really haven't had this conversation that much on this podcast. I mean, I've kind of talked about like where my sweet spot is with live music. And like, for me, it's like every other week, at least it was pre-pandemic. And I'm kind of like trying to figure (laughs) out. You're you're laughing. <laughs> no, because it's great. You're like managing it. You're thinking about it. You yeah, know? it's yeah, so I, important. I thought about it. Yeah, it's great. I'm starting to now. So every other week. Yeah, and because it's really about like how how do you feel after, right? Like, right. is it is it actually filling you or is it draining you? You know, and are you just dragging yourself to the show because your friends are going and because you feel like that's what you should be doing because it's this great thing. Cause obviously we, we think it's this great thing, but it's also really, really energetically draining, you know, and it can be charging, but there's like, there's a, there's a point where it's going to tip over where it's like, it's, it can actually be more draining than it is charging. And I think that like having awareness about that and being able to make the hard decisions of I'm going to, I'm going to choose myself and I'm going to say, you know what, instead of going to this amazing show where I I might feel like I'm missing out on something, I'm going to take myself to the top of the mountain and I'm going to recharge in nature because we need that balance for our nervous systems. And live music is so activating to our nervous systems that we have to have that down regulation to feel our healthiest and our best. And if we don't take time for that, then we just totally burn out. Yeah. I mean, broccoli is really good for you. But if you were eating broccoli all day, every day, eventually broccoli is not going to be good for you anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of the same thing. There can be too much of a good thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I have definitely learned that. Yes. Yeah. So one thing that you were talking about, which I will tell a funny story about as far as nurturing myself with a little bit of torture, but um, Saturday, I'm going to go see Bruce Hornsby and Bruce Hornsby. And Bela Fleck are my favorite musicians ever. <laughs> I'm going to see him on Saturday, and it's been a hiatus because he didn't re- he didn't even do anything online for a little while. I mean, he didn't do any of the 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 you know any of the live the shows the pandemic shows that so many people did. But okay, so but this okay, so one of my other favorite artists, and I love that like my taste is super eclectic, and it's not just jam bands. Is uh, Boney Bear? So I am. Over heels for Boney Vare. So Boney Vare and Bruce Hornsby love each other and they do stuff together. And so Boney Vare. You're fine. Do you see that thing? Yeah. Maybe it's an maybe it's an orb. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Annabelle has now been consumed by an orb of light. (laughs) She's (laughs) transforming before our eyes. (laughs) That makes sense. So Bruce Hornsby was going to play the way it is as an album in its entirety, opening up for Bon Iver. And this is in Wisconsin. Okay. At Eau Claire. It's, it's, it's Justin Vernon's festival. I don't think he does it anymore. Cause that's where he's from. Cause he's like such a hick. It's like the best. He's like the most talented hick ever. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going on a solo journey to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I don't know where it is, and I know that I have to fly into Minnesota, but I'm going to get there. So I go, by, and the, one of the reason is because I was at a, a concert at Red Rocks, and it was like a jam. It was a jam. It was such a beautiful jam, and I was listening, and some guy's like, hey, are you Annabelle from Strings and Soul? And I was like, 
<laughs> but I don't want to like I want to yes I'm so happy to talk to you yes have you been to st- I mean I stop because that's my purpose but I just I needed a moment where I could go and do my thing and be invisible that's also why Bali was so great for me because I love that people know me but I love being new and I love being you know humbled by other people who come before me whether it's a country or a group of people i mean that's how i was raised seeing the grateful dead you know the be good family when i started in the 90s was like okay little girl mm. take our hand we're going to show you how this works mm. i'm in um so i went to eau claire and i had a the, my trip was like a 16 hour trip too it wasn't as so i flew up there the way it is was plain. I was like, oh my God. It just, for me, if you want to talk about the, the spiritual moment, yes, it, was, please. It, was, it was my childhood, you know, because I know every word to every song of that album. And most of those songs have a memory for me, whether I was driving in my, my first car, which was a Pontiac Sunbird that my parents gave to me that was my dad's mom's, you know, or, or so just those, those, I, I just, you could, I have these memories. And then, um, so it was just, it was so great. And just, it just, and then one person was like, oh, it looks like you know every word to every song. Have you ever seen Bruce Hornsby before? And I was like, I am so sorry. I, I just, I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> and then Bon Iver played a brand new album. Wow. And it was the first time played. And the only thing that was bad about it, it was like a 45-minute album. And I was like, you've got another 45 minutes in your set. Come back out. <laughs> but I was just being selfish because the guy just came out and presented his brand new art to his hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. And then I got back in the car after the Bon Iver set, drove back to Minneapolis. This is like not too long ago. Slept on the airport floor. <laughs> just like the good old days mm. and and you know then and then came home i mean it, it had a six o'clock flight i was definitely sleeping on the airport floor i have a question that some listeners may be having this is about your travel your solo travel adventures i know all three of us love to to do well now i know all three of us love to do solo travel i go to a lot of shows by myself and tara Wait. lee takes you know she goes to costa rica for like a month and um for women especially who will be listening to this podcast and being like gosh i really want to do that but i don't know how or where to start or i'm scared like do you have any one piece of advice for somebody who like might feel the call to do something but they haven't done it before and they're kind of scared so fear is a really amazing phenomena and an an acronym that i use for fear is false evidence appearing real Mm -hmm. because it's like you're projecting something that hasn't even happened so in general you know part of my journey when i was in bali and just part of my journey in general is look i had a fucked up past you know i've been sober for 24 years I, i went to rehab in 1998 um You know, lots of things happened in my childhood that were detrimental. Now, I don't regret anything because it's made me who I am today um, and I'm not dead. So but, you know, we can live in the past, you know, the amygdala. Right. 
mm-hmm. tells us the story. So the story that these women may be making up is I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to get lost or, you know, something bad is going to happen to me. But that's the story that you're making up. And the story is just the story. It's just false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. hasn't even happened yet. So I think that my advice would be to just take the journey to just part of your journey can be the fear. So it's, it's everyone's like, how did you deal with a 25 hour flight to Bali? I was like, I just made a part of the journey. I wasn't like, (laughs) Oh God, I've got 10 hours to go on this flight. I was like, it just was part of the journey. So if you even make the fear part of your journey, Mm -hmm. you know, that's part of your process. So then how do you work through the fear, you know, Mm -hmm. and then just to, just to go for it. Cause I mean, you know, there's one thing not to go to the Primus show, but it's another thing to say, you know, I'm too scared to go travel by myself because of unknown fears. Mm-hmm. And then also I, I met with this ther- this great therapist in Bali. It's like, okay, so, so say something happens. So then what? So I lose my wallet. Okay. So Moxie, sorry, it's my dog. Mm-hmm. So then what? You lose your wallet. Okay. So then I have to cancel all my credit card. And then, so then what? Okay, I have to go, go to the, you know, what, whatever you go from the, 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 the fear that you're having. Something that happens and take it all the way down to you die. So then what? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just, and it's, and it's not easy, but it's just a process um, that I continue to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you not going to that show was you using fear as a journey because it's FOMO is the fear of missing out. So you're projecting what you're going to miss when you don't even know what you're going to miss. And you might have the joy of missing out and have the most amazing experience at home and then be able to appreciate the other live music experiences that you go to. So you can use fear to not go like use that as an exciting part of why you're not going to go to a show, maybe because you're exhausted. The same way you could use it to go travel alone or go to a show alone or whatever it is that you're afraid of. Yeah, fear is important. Fear is, yeah. we definitely have to have fear, but it can't debilitate us. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I deleted like 3,000 emails in my inbox and watch America's Got Talent last night. So just so you know, while Getty Lee was on stage with Les Claypool, I was watching America's Got Talent. It was, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We And we should have multiple ways that we find, like, you know, what we need in life. We can't just depend on one way. There has to be multiple outlets. Broccoli. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> have to diversify. What are some of your other outlets that you've talked about in the show or that you experience? Um, think, yeah, nature. Mm-hmm, it's like one of the say. biggest ones that for, almost everyone brings that up when they're having anxiety or depression or feeling overly burnt out it's like the thing that will make you feel better always is nature it might not a hundred percent cure you but it's gonna really help yeah yeah nature and travel too i mean just like you know like we've been talking about just getting outside of and of course a lot of us travel to go see live music but like how can you travel to go experience something else maybe you get you just are really interested in the culture and you know, you go and check that out. Or maybe you just like, I don't know, just stepping outside of our everyday like box is so important for so much. And also what I realized too, when I was traveling the summer is that 
I had so much creative energy and juice on my flight back, just like from being on vacation that I was able to knock out a couple of pages on my website that I've been like, not doing for so long in my regular everyday life that I was just like, Oh my gosh, this was super easy. And I really like it. And I'm really, you know, inspired and aligned by it just from taking some time off. I deleted 3000 emails yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just recently deleted 30,000, like all my emails, literally every single email. And people were like, well, aren't you afraid if you deleted something really important? And I was like, I feel like if it was really important, I could just ask them to send it to that, me again. And that happens. <laughs> totally. And I'm sure one of those was you and me and communicating about hula hoops at some point. A big animal. Can you send me that email about hula hoops? <laughs> I really want it. <laughs> yeah, there has been a couple email important emails that I did delete, and I just asked the person, "Hey, can you resend me that email?" And I got it back, and it was okay. But that's that's letting go, mm-hmm. you know. That's the whole. So what? So then what? You know, like it doesn't really matter, and we have such attachment to to everything. I mean, it's just it's scary. So it's like, okay, delete that email. It's not the end of the world. Don't have anxiety over it because I get anxiety over the stupidest little things, you know, but it's like, it's just not even worth it. You know, you were talking about something with the, with the music and our adrenal glands Mm -hmm. when they get depleted. I mean, let's not, let's just talk about, okay, I'm tired. It's like physically Mm -hmm. adrenal glands when they get depleted are not to be messed with. Mm-hmm. So it's like anxiety or, you know, overworking our adrenal glands from a show or all that is just, yeah, it's, it's um not, not, not part of the balance. So that mm-hmm. email is, is extremely unimportant compared to the fact that you just deleted so many things that you've just been holding on to because you either haven't found the time or just haven't wanted to delete it all. Like it doesn't matter. That's the whole thing, you know? The therapist in Bali, mm-hmm. the most important thing is, are you safe? Mm-hmm. So when you get anxious about something or whatever, it's the first is, am I safe? Mm-hmm. Okay, N- then then what? You know, but you're safe. Yeah, that's a really important reminder because mm-hmm. when we get stuck in those fears that aren't actually happening, our body's responding as if it's not safe. But if we can ask us ourselves the question in the present moment, am, am I, I safe? safe? And we can say yes, consciously, then our body can go, oh, okay, I am safe right now. Wow. Yeah, because it does that. That is a primal thing that we still have from back in the day when, say, we wanted to go outside. We literally were scared every time because a tiger, a bear, whatever could come and eat us. So mm-hmm. when you feel fear now of like, oh, I'm I'm afraid of not going to that show because what might happen? You're going to feel that same fear as if you're being chased by a tiger. If you have to have a hard conversation with somebody, it, whatever it is, if you're traveling alone, everything in your being is going to be like, don't do it. You're going to die. But you have it's that taking a moment and just what you said. Am I safe? Is this OK? Is my life in danger? Are there tigers chasing me right now? Okay, no, I'm gonna like feel this fear and do it anyway and act brave. And and maybe applying something like that, because sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. And even saying something like, Am I safe or they're chi- tigers chasing me right now? <laughs> mm-hmm. Not only would that take our anxiety level down, but may even make us laugh. And mm-hmm. and that 
that's also really, really important to sort of reprogramming your brain when it's in a fight or flight mode. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, Annabelle, I really, I definitely want to touch on um, kind of bringing spirituality or the notion Mm -hmm. of spirituality into the experience of live music, because I know that you have made a few posts about that. And you also just said before about how you made spirituality a part of your life. So um, one of the posts that I responded that I kind of like messaged you after was from um, 420 Fest and having a spiritual experience with Trey. And let me just read it, actually, because I I took a a screenshot of it. Um, Yeah, I love that one. I want to hear it again. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I won't read the whole thing because it was a lot of like, I saw this and I saw this and I saw this. Right, right, right. But, yeah, yeah. Um, was awesome. okay. but very hard to put into words how religious today was. Every moment of the 11 straight hours of music I saw. And there was a lot of music that you saw. Um, but then you said, and then Trey Anastasio, where I got to intro. Wait, oh, that was Goose the Band, where you got to oh, intro. Then. Yep. And then Trey Anastasio, literally people, me and him vibing so hard, no one in front of me but him. These rare moments in my life need to be remembered and cherished. Caught on the stream by somebody getting down for a solo, Karini Encore, religious, I tell you, from start to finish. And all the friends I have hung with are filling my cup so hard. So, so, so damn grateful. Love, love, love you. 420 fest mm, and Annabelle has tears. Annabelle, what are you feeling right now? Ah, thank you. <clears throat> no, that that was, I haven't revisited that since that moment. So it was just, I'm glad you appreciated that. I'm glad I could express it. Um, no, I just feel really grateful that I had that moment and that I, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how you really, really feel. So it was just, you know, being on the rail at Fish is like, you know, World War Three. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't play that game, but my dear friend, Rachel, who I'm going to go see, stay with at Sacred Rose, they, she loves, okay, they love having me in the front row because I'm cute and fun and whatever. And Trey recognizes me every time that I, but I've known him for years, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, he's sober. I'm sober. I was involved in this sobriety in the beginning. And now I just see him when I get to see him, which is not very often because, you know, his management is extremely protective of him. But I got to hang out with him at 420 before the show. And it's just, you know, it was just so I don't get to be on the rail that often. I don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there's for Dick's. So when Rachel has me come in the front, it's totally a different experience being, do you both go to Dick's? I go to Dick's. I've gone once. Okay. So we go in the way back with the bleachers because there's no seats. So we have tons of room and we have a big crew and you get the lights and you get the sound and you get the full, you know, energy, but, and, and that's, that's the way we like it, but you don't get all that when you're on the rail. It's just you and the band. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's just a completely different experience. And so literally for 420, it was just, it was just me and him. And, you know, he vibes hard off of, off of the fans. Mm-hmm. So we had some real lock-in moments. And Can and, you describe like 
what's happening in your body or like, I don't know what, what it's like. Cause I'm sure there are a lot of people who haven't gotten to experience that. Maybe they want to. That would just feel so good. It's like the most comforting, warm feeling that one could have than just living in your present body. So that's why I say it's an out of body experience because it takes you to another place. Or transcendent may also be a, a word to describe that. Mm. Yeah. So you're like transcended onto like a cloud, you know, or a sunset or mm. just or a breath of fresh air or something like that. And then just put that back into your body. And that's how it feels. It's just it's pure, you know, mm. it's pure joy. It's pure bliss. It's it's almost like a moment in time that just stands still. Mm hmm. To where it, it, it's all you're focusing on is his voice or that Karini or when he looked at you and you look back, it's just, it's, it's tingly, you know, yeah. like an orgasm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have a question. A long, quiet, <laughs> a long, soft one. Yeah, like a tantric one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. We're going to go with that. What on that? <laughs> Yes. So yeah, I have a question being a woman and being like activated in that way, like really orgasmic. Like how do you, how do you not put that onto that other person? Like, you know what I mean? There's like, there's this exchange of energy that's happening from another person. And like, have you ever gotten to your head where it, like it becomes about them, but then maybe you have to remind yourself that like, actually it's not, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, because, well, let's say like you form this crush with this person because there's this like huge energy exchange that's coming through and they make you feel orgasmic, which is like so intimate. Like, how do you deal with that? Because I know that this is a common experience, obviously. I mean... Okay. Yeah. You, you remembered that the artist feed off his, uh, us as much as we feed off of him. So Trey's, you know, he gets off seeing how much I'm getting off. Mm -hmm. So, and then I have an example recently. Okay. So I just saw Bela Fleck and he's the best. I love him so much. And they played a set at Rocky Grass up in Lions for the 50th anniversary that I had suggested to the promoter who used to be my old boss. And the set was over and I literally came, I came from the back, the front of the stage and I said to two men, see, this is, and I understand what you're saying. I was like, well, that was like having an orgasm. And they were like, whoa, but I, I just, I think that sometimes with me, it's like, if you don't put a stigma on how the into, like, just, it just is like go on the trip. Like, I'm just not a scared person and, and I will I, I am sometimes I'm definitely scared I mean we're all scared I have tons of insecurities and I get scared and intimidated but just just destigmatize the fear destigmatize that 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 word I was like and they weren't like turned on or turned off or they they thought it was funny it's like just I didn't make a big deal of it and then to what you were just saying is I mean Bela Fleck is a very introverted quiet heady guy and i know him really well mm -hmm. and he said something to me for the first for the, it was like so i saw him after the show and he said i love watching you dance to my music and it was like that's not why i was doing it you know mm -hmm. 
but I, I, he loved it. Like Bela Flick loved watching me dance to his music. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, know? I guess that's where, cause I, I mean, I absolutely believe that the exchange, it can feel orgasmic. And I don't know if it's just maybe more a female thing because I don't know, maybe we feel pleasure more like that than men. And it is such an intimate experience the the live music experience but yet it's also it's non-threatening because you're not actually touching somebody else so like you can have this intimacy around like you know thousands and thousands of people and then you leave and the show is over but also i know that there are a lot of of people and a lot of women who like really attach to specific musicians and like really crush hard on them because they are making them feel that way right so it's like there's this person and you know they're attractive and they're like some rock god or whatever and it's like oh my god i love them so much spiritual or sexual you're talking about well it turns sexual so that's the thing Mm. it's like a spiritual experience but then but then turns sexual because it's it's this person and that's how our brains work you know it's like oh i'm feeling this pleasure Therefore, it must be associated with sex. And here's this attractive person that like, I'm attracted to males and they're an attractive male. And oh my gosh, now I'm like, have this big crush on them. Have you ever like worked that out in your own head or have any thoughts about that? No boundaries. Yeah. Oh, no, because I'm combining the attractive energy with the spirituality of it and not turning it into sexual. And I will tell you, I slept with plenty of musicians back when I was drinking and before I got sober and before I got married, plenty, you know? And so maybe back then, mm-hmm. you know, I did cross that line. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, but that it happens a lot. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. all music, men and women, you know, cross that boundary, but it's about setting the boundary. It's really about your perspective. So I can feel orgasmic about, you know, a musician and not have it be a boundary crosser, you know. And so that's your own personal work because that could be super dangerous because that's happened to tons of different musicians, you know, Mm -hmm. male and female. And it is a tough line because it does excite us Mm -hmm. in a way that reading a book doesn't. (laughs) Unless it's, you know, unless it's like what? (laughs) It's like Hey, 50 shades of gray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So I actually, there's this amazing book called The Sensual IQ. And it was talking about how a lot of people, especially in our society, we confuse sensual, that sensual has to be sexual, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. You can have a total sensual experience that is pleasurable and juicy and amazing and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's sexual, but it's yeah. the way that we've been taught and in TV and society is that there's no difference between sensual and sexual, but it's completely different. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's it, Leah. Mm-hmm. It's a sensual experience. Yeah. Right. Which could also be. Yeah, that's 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 great. Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm really intrigued by this because I don't think pe- we talk about this enough. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And and I know that there are a lot of people that just get really like addicted to the person because of the way that they make them feel uh, as a, you know, and it's like teasing that out in the brain of like, actually, it's not about this person. It's about having that sensual experience. And how can I be like this full bodied sensual 
person and be able to have that experience in public, which also is something that we are really taught should not be happening. Um, Yes. But, but it's so important because it's part of who we are, especially as like full bodied women. So, and, and we need that. I mean, the, the divine feminine needs to rise in this world. And the only way that she's going to come out is if us as, as females and, and males too, that can connect with their feminine side are able to allow it to flow through freely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to bleach your story? Yes, please. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So that was the other post that was from 420. I mean, that was from Bonnaroo. That yeah. was from Bonnaroo. So I, I worked at every Bonnaroo except one. And, um, it was new owners this year, Live Nation, and um, I had done my job. Uh, my job, my main job, was Saturday morning and bleachers. When I saw that they had, so I knew Jack Antonoff when he was in Steel Train. So he's a Jersey boy, and I'm a New York girl. So I've known him since the beginning, and it was very sweet. I had this wonderful conversation with his father and his mother about it, and his father Rick has just remembered me since the beginning, and. So my dear friend actually was at the Vegas fish run, which really sucked because I've never missed a fake Vegas fish run. And it just sucked because one of my dear friends, Jesse Aratow, who was string cheese incidents manager died of cardiac um, failure. And so it was 31st. So it was the 20, I think it was the 29th. I get a call from my friend who I love hearing from. It's just, I don't hear from her that often, especially on the phone when I'm at fish. And I picked up, I was like, Alicia, why are you calling? She goes, it's bad. And I was like, how bad? She's like, it's Jesse bad. And it was just like, it just threw me for, it was just awful. It's just awful. Just ruined everything. Mm-hmm. And his wife is my dear friend and back here in Boulder and when it came time for his memorial, he she said, I need your help. I want you to help me choose a song to sing at the memorial. And I was like, that's awesome. Thanks for trusting me with such an important task. And so she, oh my God, I can't. It's my, there's a hummingbird right here in front of me. Mm. So if you see my tattoo, mm. yeah. time to, you want to know about spirituality? Let's talk about fucking hummingbirds, okay? Yeah. You know? Just the the whole the whole thing, you know, you're talking about the connection with me and Trey and me and Baylor or whatever. It's just, it's just, it's something higher than humanity. Mm-hmm. There's something so much bigger out there and it's intangible. So yeah, the sensuality and the feeling and the joy and all that, but there's it's I actually know how to describe it now. It's not, it's not human. You actually, we cannot feel it here. It's literally here. And so it's so hard to describe on human terms because it's something that we feel. We can't even describe it. So when I have those moments of like, oh my God, what just happened? It's it's just, it's bigger than us. It's like where Colonel Bruce Hampton was. Because mm. there's humanity, there's whatever's all the way up there. And then there's Colonel Bruce Hampton, you know, (laughs) I would have loved him to have been on this podcast because he would have been able to describe it. But Okay. So ADD clicking in and clicking back out. So Liza said, this is, these are some examples that I have to, to play, to play, to play. And she started singing me the most depressing songs you've ever heard. Like I've lost my husband. He'll never be back. Like death is the worst thing ever. Like, 
Mm -hmm. Literally, I mean, she was grieving and I'm so glad that I was able to say to her like, no, no, no. I said, Liza, this is all hard. No, honey, I'm sorry. (laughs) So this is what you're going to sing. And you're going to sing a bleachers song. Have you ever heard of bleachers? Yeah, I've sort of heard of bleachers. I was like, this is the song that you're going to sing. And this will tie into spirituality and, and music and half the shit that artists write about is, you know, and, and so this song and it was, and I learned a lot about this in Bali and I've just had so many universal experiences, like the hummingbird just coming up to me or getting my job to move out to Colorado or running into a person then him saying something to you and then you take the action that that person suggests and then mm-hmm. you're like fucking unfolds it's like we and i learned about this in bali we literally are vessels on this earth on a much larger universal scale and it's all laid out for us and the biggest problem that we have which i work on every day and i'm pretty good about it for the most part is ego Okay, so (laughs) ego literally ruins us. Mm -hmm. It keeps us from being our highest self. It keeps us from having the relationships we deserve. It keeps us from following our dreams and 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 even following dreams that we never even knew were dreams. Like it was a dream come true for me to have this experience at Bonnaroo. When I left there, I was laughing. I couldn't even believe it had happened. I was just like, it was so beyond anything that I could have imagined that moment. And I'm sure you saw the video, Leah, of me mm-hmm. dancing that was captured. It was just, it was, it was, I wasn't in my present self. I was somewhere else on a magical little cloud where I was having this experience that was indescribable. And so I told Liza that she's going to go to, I told Liza, I was like, Liza, you're going to play the song by Bleachers. It's called Everybody Lost Somebody. Mm-hmm. And she, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an indie pop song, you know? It's not, it's an indie pop rock song. It's not a Joni Mitchell, Jim Croce, you know, James Taylor song about, you know, losing Carolina or whoever, you know? It was a, it's a rock song. And she was like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like here we go back to the fear. I'm like, it's okay. We're going to work through this. She, it starts out as a horn, as a horn song. And I was like, Carl Denson is playing the memorial. Well, What's there it? you go. <laughs> Carl was like, hell yeah. He loved Jesse. And Jesse loved Carl Denson. And so I was like, let's do this. And so I printed out the words and I started talking to her about the words. And I was like, this is the song, Liza. And let me tell you why. Because... You're the grieving widow, okay? And everybody doesn't know how to talk to you, okay? Because if you haven't lost somebody close to you, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? But like when people die and people post about it on Facebook, which is every fucking day, it's like, I know your pain. I know how you feel. I've been there too. And that's just my empathy because I have, sadly way too many times and i was like liza you need to actually let everybody that is at that memorial know that you know that they're hurting just as much as you are because that was the kind of person jesse was Mm. everybody lost somebody not just you we all lost jesse and granted we have all taken her in as our own and we're doing everything for her anytime that she needs it and I love her and all that but like we all grieve together you know 
Like we all take a bath. Like we, 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 our mm-hmm. community, you know, is just so tight and so strong. And she did it. And it was amazing. And people didn't know what the song was. And 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 they loved it. And I got to tell Jack that story after the show. And he played it at the show. Mm-hmm. And I was so psyched to see Bleachers and fucking played it. And the moment that he started, and I just seen a Jesse shirt that day, you know, because I mm-hmm. want you guys to know the hummingbird. I have so many stories about mediums. Maybe that's why I understand religion and, and spirituality so much is because I know, because I've talked to my parents and I've talked to Bruce Hampton and I've talked to wherever they are. I've talked to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I've talked to them. Like I've heard their voice. Like I've talked to a medium mm-hmm. and I've talked to them and mm-hmm. they've said things to me that it's like, you know, I mean, it's real. Mm-hmm. And he played that song and I just let go. You know, it's 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 a moment of letting go because we all hold on so tight, whether it's the fear or it's, it's the control or the, it's the anxiety or whatever it is, or it's just thinking or walking and just letting go and having your body feel the music in, in a way that it's not your head or your ears, it's your body. Mm-hmm. And so I just let go for, for the song and I was like, kept, I'm singing and I'm dancing and I'm thinking about Jesse, but I'm not thinking about him because I'm listening to Jack and the song. And and it was just, oh, and I'm texting Liza. He's playing our song, Liza. Jesse's mm. here. I love you. And it's just like, that is what music can do for us. Yeah. Take us to a place that is just so magical, even in the pain. It's mm. not just about the fucking joy. Yep. Okay. Even mm-hmm. in the pain, and it could be so right. You know, pain is part of life. To be honest, we live in pain. The joy is what we have to make, okay? Absolutely. Okay, pain pain comes to us. Mm-hmm. Boom, every single day. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. One way or another, something will happen to us. And so there's no way that, I mean, that's why I understand people that commit suicide because they just can't get out of the pain. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know? It's selfish, fine, whatever, but I've known enough people that I'm like, they had no choice. But so we have a choice if you're deciding that you're going to stick around mm-hmm. until it's over mm-hmm. to make this joy. That moment, even in the pain, was joy. It was so much joy. And then I just walked away and then I had to go to bed afterward. And it was hard to go to bed because, you know, you're like, ah. yeah. So, and is <laughs> yeah. that video, is the video of you dancing from that song? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll link it. Cause I actually shared it yesterday when I was like, this is who we're having as our 50th anniversary or 50th episode guest. I shared that video of you dancing to that song. Yeah. Everybody's lost somebody. Everybody's loved somebody. Everybody's hated somebody, you know, even though that's a really strong word, we've all said it. Okay. You know, everybody has hugged somebody. Everybody is just all of it, you know, and that's what we're on this earth for is to experience every single one of the things that is presented to us. And that makes us who we are. And so these songs, you know, daft on the music musicians sing about heartbreak or love or, you know, so many different things or fish that makes no sense. And it's <laughs> the greatest song ever. Makes no sense. <laughs> but it's the greatest song ever. And it's just like, you know, we have such a short time here on this earth. And I know that where we go, just so you all know, listeners, Leah, Tara Lee, it's bitter. Okay? It's okay. There is no pain. There is no fear. There is no anxiety. You journey yourself. You journey with others. It's better. 
But that doesn't mean I want my time here to end. I'm just letting everybody know. So when you go to, and then what? And then what? And then what? Okay, so you go on this solo trip and your plane crashes and you're dead. And then mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. We cannot fear death because it happens to us all around. So mm-hmm. now it's like, how can we enjoy life? You know, through our relationships, through music, through our experiences, through nature, through quiet time, through pain. You know, it's just life, man. This life is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the journey that we went on in this <laughs> podcast episode. It was so, I mean, it, it was so amazing. And yeah. it, it all came together like the humming and that uh, you saw a hummingbird. And that's kind of what tied everything together is so magical. And I'm so grateful. All right. Here's this. Here's the last story. Hi, buddy. Maybe, you know what? You know what's crazy? Here's the, the, the last medium I saw said that when they she stares at you, mm-hmm. especially when it's when my dog stares at me, mm-hmm. that they're right here. So dad's right here while I'm going to tell you the story. Mm-hmm. So two weeks after my dad died, I went on a yoga retreat in Panama. Um, now, the yoga retreat universally was planned way before my dad died. It just was perfect timing okay and yeah you're right here aren't you dad mm. and um yeah. mm. <laughs> and um so my teacher starts playing dan fogelberg do you both know who okay yeah. you tara Lee, you're 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 still in your 30s aren't you no i'm 45 oh <laughs> <laughs> We are crushing middle eight, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So she's bringing Dan Fogelberg. I, st- I sit up and I start crying. And she runs over and he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, why are you playing Dan Fogelberg? She said, I love Dan Fogelberg. I said, I've been practicing with you for five years. I've never heard you play Dan Fogelberg. This is one of dad's favorite songs. Two seconds later, Hummingbird comes up like right in between us. And was like, she goes, wow, that that's your dad. I'm like, well, it must be. I said that in between the tears. So anyway, fast forward to um, I four months later, I was ready to have a dad died in March. And so I went on the sober retreat in March in July or August or September. I went to go see a medium because my dad always wanted to have me to have a baby. And he so I went to talk to him. And I believed in mediums. I'm totally all about that. I mean, Colonel Bruce Hampton taught me everything I knew. I mean, really. <laughs> so I go to see this medium and she said, why are you here today? And I said, I need to talk to my dad. She said, well, he needs to talk to you too. But he first needs to tell you that he comes to you in the form of a hummingbird. Mm. So not like my yoga teacher and the medium talked, you know, it's just... <laughs> It's very real. So maybe that's why I'm so joyous here on earth is because I know that what is above or next or right next to us on our shoulders or down the road or up in the sky or wherever it is, is that it's, it's, it's all part of it. It's all part of our experience. Yeah. Back to music. Dan Fogelberg. (laughs) Nice. Ah, well, thank you so much, Annabelle. This has been such a lovely journey and, uh, you're you're getting us back in the swing of the things. We haven't had an interview right. in like um at least a month. So we're happy to be back. Okay. Every two weeks a show, an interview, you gotta get, you know, back into your rhythm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Congratulations on 50 and thank you for doing this. I think it's a very important topic and part of life. And um love you both. And I love your your ring, Terry. That's like so uh-huh. cute. So um <laughs> Leah, I hope that we're gonna get to hug in person soon. Dicks. I'll be there.
Yeah. Four nights. I'm sure we'll see each other Four one of nights. those nights. <laughs> Dad. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do this. Yes, we are. Okay. Well, thank you so much, oh, Annabelle. Thank you for asking thank me. You. Yes. Beautiful experience. And we will be right back. Wow. What a journey that was. I know. I loved every moment of the wild roller coaster ride that we just went on. It really was. And, you know, so after Tara Lee and I had this interview, we decided that there were so many topics that were brought up inside of this interview that we really want to dive into some specific ones, such as uh, nervous system balance, transcendence and spirituality sensuality in live music and life, and also rocking life at any age. I mean, Annabelle was talking about how we're rocking middle age, but I think it's important to highlight the fact that you can rock whatever age you are. Yeah, I because what got me thinking about that was my 13-year-old niece, Natalia, just went to see Goose at Merriweather, and she was in the front row, and she knows every word to every song, and she was just like in her glory. And then I also have friends that are in their 70s and 80s and go to shows and like are also like rocking it at that age. But it's a totally different experience in all of that and in between. So I think there's so many interesting things to talk about that. And yeah, there's like, we can dive so far into all of these subjects. And so I think it's kind of perfect that this was our first episode of season three, because it ins- it's going to inspire like 25 more episodes. <laughs> Just this yes. one conversation. Thank you, Annabelle. <laughs> yes, thank you. You created our content for pretty much all of season three. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's kind of just like a glimpse into how Tara Lee and I work. Uh, you know, we like have these ideas, but then we're also like so open to flow and whatever presents itself. So for season three, you can definitely look for the interviews that you love from musicians, industry professionals, and also hopefully some other health and wellness experts, depending on, you know, what topic we dive into. And but then also really having some shorter mini episodes where we do dive into things that have been presented in not only this episode with Annabelle, but also in our 49 other episodes and interviews with other people. So topics that you really want to know more about, like peak experiences in live music and spirituality and sensuality in live music. We are so excited to talk about that one. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, we've been talking about it probably for a half an hour when we were supposed to be recording this because we got so excited. <laughs> yes, yes. And there may be a retreat coming too. Yeah, woo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're also planning on bringing in more fan involvement. We loved the three-part series that we did last summer where we asked fans and musicians specific questions and then did like a three-part series on that. So look forward to more of that. And we're also hopeful that we're going to be able to do some live episodes too. Yeah. So there's lots of new and exciting things that are going to be a part of season three. And so we're so excited for you to get to experience that. Well, I have two things that I want to highlight from this interview. One is a thread that I didn't follow because I got so excited about talking about (laughs) the fact that there may actually be too much music, which just like blew my mind that that's how we opened this episode. 
Um, but that was when Annabelle was, so Annabelle gave a compliment to Tara Lee. This happened before we started recording where she told Tara Lee that she looked beautiful and Tara Lee made a comment about how it's typically difficult for her to receive that, but she's really working on that. And Annabelle in the interview went on to say that she sometimes wears like amazing dresses just so she'll get people to compliment her on her dresses. And I had said that, you know, I find the live music community to be a place where people are just more like happen to be more open with sharing compliments. At least this has been my experience. And and I love it for that because we grow in community with other people. We don't actually tend to grow when we're by ourselves. Like our if you turn your head back to like growth periods in your life or things that you've learned even about yourself, typically they are through other people. That's why therapy can be so effective because you're doing it with another person. You're not just doing it by yourself. And so being able to be witnessed by another person and receive a compliment like, wow, I love your energy, or I love the way that you dance, or you look so beautiful. Like that's how we actually begin to take that in ourselves. And it's such an important experience that we don't often get in everyday life, but we can more often receive in the live music environment. Yeah, that is so true. You can even, you can be dressed up in a bear suit and someone's be like, <laughs> I love that you're dressed like a bear. That's so amazing, which yes. it's like it's it's more well received and not only received, but celebrated in our amazing, beautiful live music community. That's right. And it's like if you're going to have the courage to dress up like a bear, it's helpful to have somebody <laughs> to, you know, reflect that. Oh, my God, that's so amazing. And then that makes it more likely that you're going to do it again. You're putting yourself out there dressed like a bear, right? And hopefully you're going to get positive responses because it takes a very strong person to keep doing it without positive responses from other people. And that's not to say that like we're looking for external validation, although it may sound like it, but that external validation actually helps to create that internal validation is what I'm trying to say by we learn and grow in community with other people. Yeah, which this reminds me of the Casa Vox dogs. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, dog woman. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's so amazing. I met her at Bethel and she dresses up like a hot dog vendor yes. and hands out these little gummy hot dogs. You met her too. And no, but I no. saw the Instagram video <laughs> and okay, I loved yes. her. Right. She's so amazing. And everyone's like, yes, like we love your outfit. We love your hot dogs. And so like if nobody even responded to her or said anything, like, would she still be doing it? Maybe because it brings her great joy. But also there's, like you said, there's a higher possibility of you to continue doing stuff in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that because it kind of fell off in the interview. Yeah. The other point that I wanted to make is actually kind of related to that. And I want to bring this up for the... Did you know... So Annabelle talks about fear, and I love the way that she describes fear, how she thinks of it as false evidence appearing real. I don't think I've actually ever heard that. And I know. How have we never heard that? This I is like, know. I talk about fear all the time, but I never once heard that. It's amazing. Yeah, because it, it's so true. It's like, that's exactly what's happening inside of our head. Yeah. And and so we were talking about, you know, if you are somebody who let's say, wants to go out by yourself on a solo adventure, but you're feeling a lot of fear around it. And Annabelle was sharing what she learned from the therapist in Bali, 
which can be really helpful, you know, to kind of follow the thread of, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then what? And then what? And then what? And I just wanted to offer one other thing because Annabelle is absolutely right that fear is false evidence appearing real. And so what we need to do is to provide ourselves with some actual real evidence. We like actually have to check our thoughts because key thing here is that not everything you think is true. So do not believe everything you think. And sometimes we have to check those thoughts. So what you could do is, well, I'll let Tara Lee tell you what you can do. But when you are able to check your thoughts of what is not true by remembering some a time where you actually went out and did that thing and nothing bad happened to you, that's going to be really important. But maybe you haven't done that thing yet. And so you don't have that evidence to, to give to yourself. Well, what you could do is start really small. Okay. So let's say you want to travel solo by yourself, but that just feels extremely too scary and you're not ready for that. It's all about taking small steps because you, you just need to provide yourself with actual evidence. So start small. Maybe go to a show by yourself or go to a restaurant by yourself or go to a movie theater by yourself. Like what is the thing that when you ask yourself, how does this feel? And it's not, you don't feel like you're going to die if you do it, then do that thing. Because as you begin to create real evidence again, that you can use against your false evidence, then that is what's going to give you the courage to do it again. Just like wearing a hot dog, you know, a costume as a hot dog vendor and handing out gummy hot dogs, when it's received well, you're going to do it again and again and again. And when you have those positive experiences that you can remind yourself of, when you check your thoughts that may not be true, it's going to allow you to actually do the thing that you really want to do. So just start small so that you can build that evidence. Yes, I love this so much. And this actually came up recently. And I'm going to tell you more about that in the Daily Jam. So I do these mindset calls every other week for people that are in my Rocking Life Entrepreneur Program and also my accountability clients. And the theme of the call was that you can do hard things. And so we were talking about this and Somebody in the call was like, well, you know what? I actually, there's a, like so many times when I did a hard thing and it actually worked out. And we were like, oh, great. Okay. So this is what you need to do now. I want everyone to list like a couple of times that you did a hard thing and it worked out for you. So you can do, as Leah said, you're like proving that you actually can do this and you're building the evidence up that this is possible for you. And then all of a sudden you can do these really hard things because as humans, we often focus on the time that we failed. But what about the hundred times that you succeeded? Um, and so then people started to believe that they can do hard things. And now they're like sending me all these messages about, oh, my gosh, like, I normally wouldn't do the pile of dishes in my sink. But I remember that I could do hard things. And I did all of the dishes. And that's like a simple one. But um, it can it can be anything. I can do hard things. It can be I can run a marathon. Maybe you didn't think you could do that, but you started running one mile and you're like, oh, I could do that. So then you ran three miles. and You're like, oh, I can do that. And then before you know it, you're a marathon runner, proving that you can do hard things. So for the Daily Jam, I want you to think of something that you are afraid to do. And then I want you to come up with some evidence of the times that it worked out for you, whatever that was. 
So if it's something you're like, oh, I never did that before, think of another thing. So it's something that you're like scared of doing this big thing and then come up with some evidence that can prove that you have done it and that you can do it. So you can start proving yourself and doing bigger and bigger things that scare you more and more that where your life is not in actual danger. Yes. Yeah. And then share it in our Facebook community. On Facebook, we are at Groove therapy podcast community. So come join us and share your experience because that's going to inspire other people to do the same. Yeah. It's like that person at the festival that's dancing crazy by themselves when no one else is dancing. And then another person all of a sudden joins them. (laughs) And then another person all of a sudden the whole crowd is dancing. I forgot what they said, but I think it's like the second person that joins is like the most important to that situation. Mm, Yeah. So the first person dancing is very important. But the second one is that then people are like, oh, now I wouldn't be like the only one that joined that person. Now I feel comfortable. So go and share. So then another person shares and another person shares. And all of a sudden, we're all inspiring the crap out of each other by sharing all the things that we can actually do that's proving ourselves that we can do it. Yes. Yay. That's what we're here for. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and we're just so excited to be back here with you for season three. So thank you so much for listening. As we mentioned in the beginning, if you could follow us on Instagram at Groove Therapy Podcast or follow us on whatever platform it is that you're listening to your podcast, that would be super helpful just for the algorithms to let people know that this is a podcast that's worthy of listening to. Yes. And we are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Yes. And have a fabulous rest of your day, whatever that may be. And we will catch you next time. Yeah, we love you so much. Love you. Bye.